Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show, we'll recap the Falcons' win over the Carolina Panthers. Oh, we can scheme a passing game, and Arthur's number one message is being heard loud and clear. All next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. Head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, you can check us out on those platforms as well. And follow me at JMCH316. Well, listen, what have I said before about the NFL? To me, what makes the NFL great isn't BCS computers, selection committees, a college football poll, Harris polls, this, that, and the other, right? What makes the NFL great is you win or you lose every Sunday. And that determines where you are, what you are. So while it wasn't a pretty game, a win is a win is a win is a win. I don't care how the Falcons got there. I don't care how many, you know, if you look at the win probability in that game, it was like an EKG reading, right? Like it was all, you know, 95, 97, 99, 3, 1, 8, all over the place. Who cares? Falcons win at the end of the day. Now, thoughts about the game that we saw. Falcons got the running game going. I was looking at some statistics again, and we'll talk about the passing game because I thought that they schemed and coached their way into an excellent passing game. But Falcons another 167 yards on the ground. Now, when you look at this team in their four losses, they're 137.25 yards per game rushing when, they, when they've when they lost. They're 179 yards a game when they lose. So it is becoming apparent being in that 150 mark is where they need to be. Thought Marcus Mariota overcame the issues that he had, throwing the football deep and getting a couple of interceptions, but made some huge throws and some key plays. And that run at the end of the game in the overtime that set them up for victory was a magnificent play. That's the best of Mariota. And I've said this before on the show. When you watch Mariota play, you see at times why he was the number two overall draft pick because he can make some throws, make some plays, make some runs, get out of the harm's way, keep plays alive and do some things. Then you see why he's bounced around to three teams in seven years. Because both of those plays, both bombs that he threw that were intercepted, those were not good plays. And a couple missed throws here early. Luckily, he didn't have another interception early in that game. But you see the yin and the yang that you get with it. But as long as he can make more good plays than bad plays, we're going to have a chance. Lorenzo Carter's play. Listen, if you want to tell me the Falcons are going to score a defensive touchdown every week, we've said before, it's about a 75% chance of winning a football game if the defense in the NFL scores a touchdown. That was an incredibly athletic play by Lorenzo Carter. Now, probably should have made sure he sped up all the way through the end zone because he was getting chased down at the end of that run, but that was a spectacular athletic play. I'm going to give a shout-out to another guy who, again, is not going to be mistaken for a first-team all-NFL guy. 
But give a little bit of love to Cornell Armstrong, who you talk. I mean, look, it's cute to say, oh, next man up and all that. Okay, there's a reason why guys are on the practice squad. There's a reason why guys start. There's a reason why one guy makes 15 million a year and why another guy makes, you know, a million a year. There are reasons for all of that. Carnell Armstrong has been asked over the last couple of weeks, jump into the fire head first, get burned and see what happens. And there were times in that game yesterday that I thought he played really well. I thought that there were some things that he did well as a coverage corner. And look, this is the reality. Casey Hayward's going to be out for a little while. A.J. Terrell and his hamstring, that could be a couple of weeks. It could be a couple of months. It's hard to gauge those kinds of things. So for a team that has given up a lot of pass yards and a lot of big pass plays and had quarterbacks complete the highest percentage of passes in the NFL against them, I thought guys like Cornell Armstrong, who were asked to come in and probably play way more than they ever should in an NFL game, were doing some good things. Now, look. There wasn't all good. The defense was really shaky. Way too many third and long conversions for Carolina in that game. Too often that Carolina could convert on a third and 12, third and 16. Too many long conversions on third down. Then the pass to DJ Moore was absurd. I don't know why Rashawn Evans was one of the guys trailing on that play, but that's one of those plays that you have to keep going. You can't give up on. Give P.J. Walker and give more credit. That was a big-time throw and catch out there, but that was a blown coverage. And at that spot of the game, when you're talking about coming down to the very end, you can't give up. I mean, you can't let anybody get behind you. I don't care what. Nobody can get by. Not even the mascot can get behind you in a situation like that. Now, another decision that... I don't think it was as hard to make as what some people are, are trying to make it out to, but obviously Arthur Smith making the decision on the unsportsmanlike to tack it on to the extra point. Anytime you can get a situation to have a kicker have to make a 50 yard, which is what 49, whatever you want to call it. Okay. But a 50 yard attempt, I don't care. Field goal, extra point, you take that. And I thought that was a smart decision by Arthur because all due respect with, 12 seconds left and getting the kickoff, you'd have burned most of that time on the kickoff because you'd have caught it and returned it, right? So Arthur making that decision. And again, I'm about to talk about here in just a couple of minutes, the idea that they schemed their way into an effective passing game. This was the first time this year that they've thrown it above 25 times and won a game. And it was using all the different guys that they had. The play to Demir Bird, the touchdown that gave him the lead late in that game. I thought Marcus Mariota did a great job of getting himself open and available and made a nice play to Bird, and you just let Bird run and do his thing from there. Rather than huck it downfield to Bird, throw it underneath the Bird and let him run. They did that with Pitts. They did it with Bird. Keep those kinds of things going in the passing game. So, look, uh, we got a late sack in that game from the Falcons' defense, right? I mean – a lot of good things to to enjoy about this game. That for as ugly as it was, it's a win in the NFL. And the Falcons are now in first place by themselves. Whatever happens, we can say almost halfway through the season, the Falcons have been a first place team in the league. Things could change on Sunday. Things could get better. You know, who knows what's, you know, from there. 
But I thought the Falcons made some key plays at some key times in this game to look, they got a little bit of help, right? Eddie Guerrero or whoever the kicker is for the Carolina Panthers missing things left and right. Hey, that's a them problem. But I thought the Falcons took advantage when they needed to. They got some plays on defense when they needed to. Mariota played really well. They ran the football effectively. Are there things to clean up? Yep, defense has got to get it cleaned up. Too many big chunk plays, too many long third down conversions. Those are things they're going to have to fix going into Sunday against the San Diego Chargers. L.A. Chargers, whatever the hell they are. I don't care what they are. They're San Diego in my world. I watched Dan Fouts and Chuck Muncie and Charlie Joyner play for him. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. Listen, how'd you do this weekend, right? Uh, Georgia with a big win at the cocktail party, right? They pushed. I mean, most lines had them at 22. That was a 22 push. Tech fell off the earth. They couldn't do anything. Falcons didn't cover. Okay. Did you go to betonline.net and try to get in on all the action? Look, here's the deal. Betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. So it's really simple. Take the mobile device that you've got. Put in betonline.net. Go there today. Check out all of the action that they've got. You want e-betting. You need scores. You want podcast news. You want stats. You want this. All the information to make you a smarter sports wager is available at betonline.net. So as we got Monday night football this week, Browns are in must-win mode. Thursday's coming up with more NFL action. Game three of the World Series is tonight, right? Series now shifts to Philadelphia. All of the action, basketball, NBA, Hawks, and Toronto, everything's available at betonline.net. So take the mobile device, head to betonline.net today, get all the information, get yourself involved in the action there, betonline.net is where the action starts. So one of the things the Falcons did yesterday is they won their first game of the season when they attempted over 25 pass attempts. Mariota was 20 for 28 in that game for 253 yards, nine yards per uh, attempt, three touchdowns, and of course, a couple of interceptions and took a couple of sacks uh, in the game. But here was the thing. What did we talk about last week? It, it's not about necessarily throwing it more with Mariota. It's about how you scheme an effective passing game. And the Falcons did that, right? What have we said? What's the numbers that we've given you? Let's look at, here's the latest numbers. When he's in the pocket, less than two and a half seconds. That's drop back, one read, throw and go. 67% completion, eight touchdowns, four interceptions when he's in the pocket over two and a half seconds, 58% completion percentage, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Again, we talked about no huddle, 72% completion percentage, 114 quarterback rating. When you speed it up for Marcus Mariota and he doesn't stand back there and look around and think and re that's where he's at his best. And what do we talk about? That's, you know, look, you don't need London and Pitts to run it 30 yards downfield and huck it up to them. You can use Demir Bird if you want to run some of those plays to keep a defense honest. But what they do with Pitts in London, whoop, all day. And they're going to do that when they get Patterson back this week. I thought Arthur Smith, Dave Ragone, they schemed the perfect passing game for how to use Mariota. Drop back. Quick throw, don't think, just throw it. 
the two pit the two touchdowns Kyle Pitts has scored has scored this year, right? One was the one-on-one matchup. Quick in cut, throw and go, man. No other read. You, you see him on the outside one-on-one, quick in, hit him and go. The touchdown to Pitts yesterday. Drop back, he breaks off his block, one throw, one look, one read, go. The two touchdowns to Drake London. Remember that first one that they had in London? Drop back, one read, throw it and go. That's how you max. This is what we've been talking about. This is not about throwing it 50 times a game. This is about you have to be competent in the NFL in your passing game. And the last few weeks outside the 49, they've been incompetent in their passing game. They were incompetent last week in their passing game. And whether Arthur Smith has been listening to me and learning, you know, I'm glad I can teach the head coach. But this is exactly what we've talked about. This is not about throwing it 50 times. This is not about airing it out. This is about scheming and being competent. How do I get London open? How do I get Pitts open? Okay, let's go like that. Oh, there's Pitts on a one cut. Throw, go, let him run it 30 yards downfield. Oh, London, quick in, throw it, go. Oh, Pitts on a quick out, throw it and go. And they got chunks of yards. Let our guys go get yards after catch. This is what I've wanted to see. It's not about throwing it for 300 yards. It's not about 560 pass attempts like they had last year. It's not about getting huge you know, chunks all the time. It's about being competent. And the, the more that you look at Mariota's stats, the more it's drop back one read throw, he's successful. Drop back one read throw, it works out. That's the sweet spot. That's where they have. And I think yesterday was a learning game for all the craziness and all the folder all of everything else surrounded. Field goals, bad defense, this, that, and the other chunk. For all of that, the number one thing that impressed me the most yesterday was how they schemed the passing game. And again, they came out throwing the football, didn't they? I knew that was going to happen, that they'd come out and throw it right away. Probably half half to try to you know get their game in rhythm, half to just say, here's a middle finger to everybody else that says, we're not going to throw it. What else have I said? Situational football. What are you going to do down 10 with nine minutes go, this, and the other? What'd they do when they were down a touchdown, or I guess whatever it was, four points or whatever, what'd they do when they were down with three minutes to go in that game? Did they just keep running it like y'all told me they were? Nope. That That's the Demir Bird touchdown. They threw it on every play and got a hit to Bird underneath. Mariota did a great job of avoiding pressure, keeping the play going, hit Bird, Bird runs it in, and Asta Lasagna don't get any on you. It should have been the game winner before DJ Moore and all that kind of stuff. But three minutes of situational football. Three minutes, we're down. What are we going to? Okay, we got to trust our quarterback to throw it. And they did. All of the things that we've been preaching on this show, I'm not telling you they're not going to play Desmond Ritter. He's not playing. So if you're not playing Ritter, how do you get better? Because you have to be competent in the NFL at throwing the football. You can't be one-dimensional. You can't be Oklahoma in 1986 
with Jamel Holloway running the wishbone and you never throw it, but you know, 17 times in a, in a season, you can't be that in today's NFL. You have to be able to throw because every week won't go your way. Situational football will dictate it. There are always things in the NFL games are not just completely lopsided. Usually one way or the other in the NFL, it's a dog fight every week. And so we have to find it's, this is not, this is not about Ritter. This is not about Pitts's targets, not about London's targets. This is about the head coach taking the quarterback and can we scheme our way into a competent passing game? And that was mwah, same any feek yesterday. You know, even with the, the couple of just, again, the first INT, if the defenders got the high, if, is high on the receiver, you can't overthrow the receiver in that point. Because now the the defender becomes the more likely guy to catch the ball. The overtime throw, I have no idea why they wanted that play. They were carving up the Panthers all day long underneath, quick hits, quick outs, one read, throw, beep, bada boop, bada bop. That's the formula moving forward. That's what they have to replicate on Sunday, Thursday, every week going forward. They're going to be a run-first run heavy team. There's no denying it. They run for a higher percentage of their plays than any other team in the NFL. I'm okay with that. But if they were as incompetent this week as they were last week in the passing game, they wouldn't have won that football game. And I can tell you this, the last regime wouldn't have won that football game. The last regime, they'd have lost that game and we'd have heard after the game, the Bears loose, embrace the suck, do right longer. We'd heard all that falderall and all that nonsense about all of it. So this is not changing quarterbacks, this any other. This is about the head coach having trust in his quarterback and running plays and schemes that maximize what he can do. And if Mariota can just quick step back, Quick throw, one read, go. All the metrics, all the numbers tell you that's where he's most effective. This is going to be really interesting to see. Will you stay with that game plan? Run it first, but be competent in the passing game. I give all the credit in the world to Arthur Smith, Dave Ragone yesterday for calling such a whale of a game. I want to mention we uh, thank you for making Hitting Hard your first listen. Of course, we want you to make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Listen, the biggest stories of the day, instant reaction, big game recaps, plus the take of the day. Locked On Sports today is part of our channel. Find them on the Odyssey app, head to YouTube, get it wherever you get your podcast from, Locked On Sports today. So what was the number one message that Arthur Smith talked about coming in here and wanting to change. It was change the culture. Same thing Dean Pease has talked about, okay? Settling for mediocrity, settling for not winning, settling for not being a top 10 defense isn't going to work anymore. And when Arthur Smith said change the culture, that wasn't, hey, brotherhood, hey, do right longer, the Bears loose, Hunger Games indexes, iron sharpening iron, wasn't catchphrases. It was build an atmosphere and culture of winning. 
And I will tell you, one of the moments that we're going to look back on, I think, and just kind of like, you know, kind of like, mm, okay. Remember in the first preseason game, they talked about trying to even win their preseason game. Remember throwing the, the touchdown pass from Ritter to Jared Bernhard and winning that game against the Lions, I believe it was? That told you that they want to change the mindset. Because, look, let's, let's, let's cut through the fog. The NFL is a results-oriented business, okay? You know, as Jerry Glanville said, NFL stands for not for long. It's cute to say we're rebuilding, we're, we're just transitioning, we're trying to figure out our roster, we want to see growth. Okay, that doesn't work for those guys in the building. That doesn't work for the head coach, the general manager, the owners of teams. I'll say again, why do you think they went? Do you really believe that they made the run at Deshaun Watson that they did thinking that they were going to be a two-win football team? Thinking that, well, we know we're going to be one of the worst rosters in the NFL, but let's bring a $45 million quarterback in, pay him a gazillion dollars, give up a whole bunch of capital and assets, and maybe in five years we'll win. That's not how anybody thinks. You won't be around. That will be not for long. You won't be around. You think David Tepper looked at where Carolina was earlier this year after they brought Baker Mayfield in, went down that route, looked at them and said, well, you know, we're not going to be very good, but we're kind of rebuilding. No, they fired Matt Rule. Well, he had a few years. Yeah. He still, and not like he had five, 10 years, had a handful of years. And, and whether they're making progress, not they're not winning. That's the only thing to measure in the NFL. Either when, when I go to pro football reference, ESPN.com, and I look in the NFL standings, what's your W, what's your L? That's all that matters. No BCS computer, no playoff committee, no Harris poll. No, no coaches poll, none of that stuff. You win or you lose. That's how every owner looks at it. That's how the GMs look at it. That's how head coaches get evaluated. They don't take a, a head coach and say, well, you know, his the, the, the franchise is progressing. No, they, look, I'm telling you tonight, Browns and Bengals in that game. Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Browns, is on thin ice. Like there, there could potentially be two and six after tonight's game. I'm telling you, like there's a sentiment about the idea of he won't be their head coach very much longer. Why? Because you're not winning and you have a Super Bowl caliber roster, even with Jacoby Brissett as quarterback, even as you're waiting for Deshaun Watson, they have a Super Bowl caliber roster. And they're about potentially to be two and six. Well, let me assure you, Jimmy Haslam's not sitting back saying, well, we're just kind of playing it through until we No, they expect to win now. Is that fair, unfair? I don't know. So when Arthur Smith talked about changing the culture here, it was specifically about winning, changing up the idea that we're not going to settle for being mediocre. We want to win. And guess what? They're winning and they're in it. And that's the thing. And when people say, oh, well, you know, this is all about, no, it's not. It's not a bonus or not feeling good to them. They're in it. They're there every day. They expect to win. 
Their players expect to win. They're not thinking tank and stuff like that. What have I told you before? If you put quit on tape in the NFL, you won't play. No coach or general manager is going to bring you in if you put quit on tape. They want to see you fight. They want to see you want your position. They want to see you try to win. You may not because you may not have enough talent. You may get out-talented by another team. But they expect to win. And that's how you measure the NFL. Did you win or did you lose? Not, well, draft pick, this and that. Look at where Jacksonville is at right now. They're not only a bad franchise, but the kid that they drafted number one overall, the the can't-miss project, the can't-miss quarterback since Andrew Luck came into the league, he's not played well. Their franchise is not going anywhere. And this is not about Urban Meyer or an offensive line. or that. He hasn't played well. And guess what? At the pace that they're going and with their impatient owner in Shad Khan, their head coach, those guys won't be around very long. You swing and miss on Trevor Lawrence, that will get you fired in the NFL. Because if you can't win with him, who are you going to win with? And that's the thing what Arthur Smith has preached. That's what's so impressive. The message is being heard. That game yesterday was a game two years ago they would not have won. They wouldn't have won that game in the last regime. They wouldn't be four and four right now in the last regime. What have I always asked for? I've said this for years on the radio. I've said it on this podcast. said it everywhere you can find me doing some kind of media hit. I want an advantage on the sidelines. Does that mean Arthur Smith is perfect? No. But I want an advantage on the sidelines. And I feel like we have that now. We just talked about that was an that was an unbelievable passing game scheme that they came up with. That wasn't Marcus Mariota hucking it all over the field, making all these throws and all these plays. That's designing plays and calls to maximize what he can and can't do. And so this is the culture that's changing. Being four and four, whatever the record ends up being, you know, because I, I know the first thing everybody says is, well, you know, the, the experts said that it'd be two wins and all that. They didn't think that in the building. Remember, that's the same blue check mark media that told you that Watson would be a Falcon. Arch Manning was going to uh, Alabama or Georgia. John Collins would be traded on draft night. We can go on and on and on and on about the media throwing things at a wall and hoping they stick and not understanding a single solitary thing about what really goes on in that building or what their mindset is. When you talk to Terry Fontenot, when you talk to Arthur Smith, when you talk to Dean Pease, when you talk to those people, that's why when everybody's like, oh, well, they're not using the word rebuild because they don't believe that. And you see it. They're trying to scheme and figure out how to win. They may not have a great roster. Do, do, the, do the Falcons have a better roster than the 49ers? Hell no. Do the, four, do, the, do the Falcons have a better roster than the Cleveland Browns? Hell no. But what do they do? They coach really well. They know how to maximize the ability of their players. And they know how to figure things out. And they believe. They believe they can win. And their guys on that team are now believing that they can win. 
yes, the culture is changing here. Not just what fans think or this, that, and the other, but the mentality of inside that building. They expect to win. They go out thinking they're going to win. We're going to be better at home. We're going to win games we probably shouldn't. And not because we're, you know, not talent. They want to win. And that's the number one message Arthur said. And that's how, that's the only way you get evaluated in the NFL. Did you win on Sunday? Did you lose on Sunday? If you rack up more L's than W's, you won't be around in the not-for-long lead. All right, we thank you so much for making Hit Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. Reminder, make Locked On Sports today your second listen every day. Check out the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, excuse me, and the take of the day, of course, Locked On Sports today is available on Odyssey, YouTube, everything that you want. Of course, head to YouTube.com for Locked On Sports Atlanta in the search browser. Subscribe to our page there. Don't forget, free and available, Odyssey, Spotify, all your favorite podcast platforms. Download us, leave us a five-star review. Follow me at JMCH316 on Twitter. And, of course, Roku and Amazon Fire. Check us out on those platforms as well. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.